Hi, Kirkwood. Welcome back to another episode of the KPL Podcast. Children's Book Week is May 4th and runs through the 10th. So with that in mind, Jagisha and I are doing an all-children's book episode. That's right. We have a guest interview with Amy Skolansky. Local children's book author, and uh, she's here today to read some poems and talk about some great kids' books. In addition, we're going to talk to Chelsea Bedley, our Assistant Director of Youth Services, and she's going to be telling us a little bit about what's happening in the Youth Department. And what activities they're doing to keep your kids at home entertained. Oh, and then Ryan and I are going to talk about all the books that we loved as kids. And um, I promise I won't talk about Harry Potter much. <laughs> Not too much, indeed. And I'll try to refrain from graphic novels. So stay tuned, Kirkwood. It's bound to be an awesome episode. So Children's Book Week for 2020 runs May 4th through the 10th. And with that in mind, we have Bedley to join us again. She is the Assistant Director of Youth Services. And I think it's been about a month or more since we checked in with the uh, the youth department. Uh, Chelsea Sook, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me again. It's our pleasure. So... What is uh, the youth department up to? So we have a lot of fun programs in May. And to start, we'll have um, on Mondays and Saturdays, we're going to have story time. So those will be posted on our social media accounts, so Instagram and Facebook. Um, we'll also have story time kits that Madeline is working on that will go up on Wednesday. So that's a kit that is all ready to go for a family to have their own story time at home. So it'll include links to books that are available either on Hoopla or Overdrive. It'll have links to YouTube songs, a craft, and then some kind of additional activity that they can do. And this story time kit is food-themed, so really fun. And then, um, yeah. And then on Thursday, um, I'll be doing a Books for Babies story time. And then each Friday in May, um, Kim is going to be doing a Mark Twain book talk. So um, the Mark Twain nominees came out for 2020-2021. So Kim is highlighting each of those with a review just to get kids excited about them and to find them on Overdrive or Hoopla so they can read them themselves. Oh, neat. Like a little, like a little award show. Yes, exactly. They get a little hint of what it's like. So um, we always love the Mark Twain nominees, and the winner for this year was just announced, too. So that's exciting. Oh, that is pretty exciting. Would you uh, tell the listening audience, in case they don't know, what the winner Yeah, Yeah, sure. The winner was One for Sorrow by Mary Downing Hahn. What's that one about? Um, it's a ghost story, and it's actually set during the uh, pandemic of 1918, so kind of interesting timing there. That's, it's running parallel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how uh, life often throws up those strange coincidences. Exactly, exactly. So what are some of the databases or uh, other things that parents at home should be aware of that might help them entertain their children during this time? Yeah, we have a lot of great options. So there's Tumble Books, which is a curated ebook site for children, and you can access that through the library's website, and it's free with your library card. And there are picture books on there. There are read-along chapter books. And a lot of the books have a read-along option or a manual option, so it just depends how you'd like to access the book. Um, there's also a great selection of nonfiction on there. 
and there's no limit to how many you can read on that platform, which is great. Then we also have Overdrive and Hoopla, which you can also access with your library card. And this month, Hoopla has a lot of bonus files, so you won't use any of your monthly allotted books uh, or you know options. You can just click on any of those bonus files and borrow them instantly without using any from uh, your set amount, which is really nice. I actually checked out Tumble Books myself because I was looking at maybe doing some dial story options yeah. and I really liked the video option. I thought that was great. I'm like, I wish as a kid I had this option. <laughs> to... I know. It's really cool. I'm, I'm impressed with the number of um, authors they have on there too. Yeah, they have a really big selection. It's very impressive. So at least the kids won't be bored at home. <laughs> no, <laughs> I hope so. It's great for kids of all ages. So, and I've been watching uh, Julie Storytime on Instagram. So that's been a lot of fun to watch too. I think she's doing them a couple times a week. Yeah, so it's been rotating between Julie, Kim, and I, and hopefully we'll see some other librarian spaces too in May. Um, and we have some more, there's some new programs coming too in May, um, such as like drawing programs, some more art-based, um, some more science-based programs. So everyone will have to look out for those too. Oh yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. So just to remind everyone, the Facebook page for Kirkwood Library is just Kirkwood Public Library, and the Instagram page is Kirkwood Lib. You can find lots of story times and various craft activities on both of those social media pages. And then what is, um, is there anything on Twitter? Yes, we also um, are keeping our Twitter pretty updated, so a lot of times there's um, different content that's on our Instagram and Facebook, but then relevant things are being linked from those pages as well, so you can check that out. And what's the Twitter handle? Is that also just Kirkwood Public Library? It's Kirkwood Live as well. And I would also mention that you can find most of these links at our website, kirkwoodpubliclibrary.org. Absolutely. And we are also trying to post more frequently to our children's blog, Feeder Reader, so families can go there as well to check out um, more Mark Train book nominee reviews from other librarians and just different content that we're posting to our social media. Oh, fantastic. It sounds like the youth library is keeping busy and keeping content out there. All right, well, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us. But before you go, Sister Geisha and I will be talking about our favorite children's books and, and things. We, we wanted to ask you, what's some of your favorite children's books? Sure. Um, one of my favorite chapter books is Ella Enchanted by Gil Carson Levine. It is um, a really great kind of mix of fairy tale and um, a girl like coming into herself and going on this epic journey. So I love that book. I really like a lot of Gil Carson Levine's stories. Um, and then another author I've been really liking in picture books is Zachariah O'Hora. If you've seen um, some of Miss Kim's story times lately have been uh, a variety of his books. And the most recent one she read is called, I believe it's um, like Quiet in the Library. Let me, I'll double check the title of that one. But it's about these um, two brothers that go to a library on the weekend. And their dad sends them down to the children's room. And a monster comes into the building and thinks he's supposed to eat the books. And they have to correct him and let him know that he's actually supposed to just read the book. So, and they had donuts. And so they give him donuts instead. But the, he illustrates them and writes them. And they're just really funny and also sweet. Well, speaking as someone who works in the library, that is definitely a common problem when monsters show up. 
And I just think we should talk to Krista about having donuts in the library. <laughs> that just sounds great to I me. Know, that would be so nice. <laughs> oh, it's the not so quiet library. That's the one. All right, Chelsea, thank you so much for uh, being on the uh, podcast again. Thank you guys for having me. Your KPL podcast is celebrating Children's Book Week. And with that in mind, we've invited local children's author, Amy Skolansky, to join us today on the podcast. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about your most recent release, These Little Piggies Go to the Beach? Sure. These Little Piggies Go to the Beach, illustrated by Christine Davinier, and she's an amazing illustrator. She uses watercolor to capture pigs in bathing suits. I mean, if you've ever seen a pig in a bathing one of her pigs in a bathing suit, it's, it's kind of unforgettable and adorable. <laughs> but the so these little piggies go to the beach is a riff on the um, familiar rhyme. This little piggy went to market, um, but I've taken the piggies um, to the beach and the whole family of pigs. So uh, they they spend their day having different beach beach fun, and they have just different personalities. There's a reader pig and a, a foodie uh, pig, and um, they kind of go through a whole day of fun at the beach and. One of my favorite little additions by the illustrator and a surprise to me was that there's a seagull that she's added into the scene that's kind of a little bit of comic relief and just something for kids to follow along and a visual storyline to go with the other storylines. That's kind of one of my favorite things about the book. That sounds like an enjoyable read. Most of our patrons should know that when the library reopens, you can find many of Amy's books at the Kirkwood Public Library. But if you cannot wait then you should jump on Hoopla for These Little Piggies Go to the Beach is available today. You could read it today. I suggest you do. So before The Little Piggies, you've released many fantastic books for children. Could you pick a couple and tell us about them? Piggies was my 11th book to date. Uh, one of my favorites is the very first book that um, I wrote, which is called Where Do Chicks Come From? And it's illustrated by Pam Paparone and it's a nonfiction um, picture book that describes what happens after a hen lays an egg until it hatches 21 days later. Fun fact about that is it's also sold in Chinese and in Korea. But I love that book because it's really sort of a, a core part of the uh, curriculum for kids. So that's one that I really like to talk to when I talk about when I'm at. One of the, a couple other ones that I wanted to mention are other two other recent publications. Uh, which are shaped board books. Um, one's called My Rainbow Surprise, and one's called Sweethearts. Like, for instance, in Sweethearts, as, every, as you turn every page, the heart grows bigger and bigger, kind of like kind of like the love grows bigger and bigger. And I've actually been thinking about this one more recently because I feel like, I feel like the message, I don't know, I feel like I'm almost like reading the message a little bit differently now than, than when I wrote it. And it's a quick read, so I'm going to go ahead and share it now. Is that all right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, this is Sweethearts. Each day is a chance to open our hearts, let love lead the way. That's how it all starts. Love is a gift tied up with a bow. Love will follow wherever you go. Cozy as a kitten curled into a ball. Love doesn't care if you're big or you're small. Love, sweet as honey, kept in a jar. Love can be near and love can be far. When you love with your heart, it always shows. The more love you give, the more love grows. So that is Sweethearts and just seems like a, a message that definitely still works in these times. Oh, most needed, I'd say. An extremely beautiful sentence. 
Thank you. So would you speak to your process? How do you make these books come to life? And what's your greatest influences? Well, it sort of depends on the particular book. Like, for instance, my book, Out of This World, Poems and Facts About Space, that one I started because I had a lot of, I was interested in the topic of space. And how do black holes work? And, and what's a spacesuit for? And all of those great questions. So that one really started, I had questions in my mind, and I started with research. And then after that came the poetry. So that's how that one worked. But then something like You're My Little Pumpkin Pie, that's, more came more from uh, a memory of I had memories of having babies and toddlers. I have two two children, so thinking back to those experiences, then I just added in a little bit, a little pinch of imagination, comparing them to a pumpkin pot. So really, it can be uh, there's a lot of different things that inspire me, really contribute to my process. But I definitely love to read, and I think. That's the advice I always give when people say, oh, I want to write a book. I said, well, I hope you read, 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 and then read some more, because that is a great, it's just a great place to get some ideas and learn about formats and what, you know, what readers are hungry for and what's being published. That sounds like great advice. We are recording this podcast during the COVID-19 outbreak. So, Amy, what is your current routine look like? How are you keeping busy and staying healthy? Well, uh, it's been an interesting challenge. The first five weeks of stay at home, I started a Facebook Live story time. Um, I called it Reading 2 Plus 2, and I read a story that I'd written. I read a favorite from my shelf, and that a poem I'd written, that a poem from my shelf. So I did that three times a week, and really, it was kind of a nice way to connect with with readers and other children's literature fans and it was a reason to get up and get dressed in the morning get going so I guess I got to play librarian a little bit but going through my shelf and picking out old favorites which I really enjoyed so that's not how I started kicked off the whole this whole era but I've also recently some schools I think are kind of getting the hang of virtual learning and I've last week I did my first virtual school visit Zoom conference, and I've got two more scheduled in the next two weeks. And I think it was really fun and interesting. I've done that before. I've, I've, used, them, I've used Zoom or Skype around the country, but this was a different challenge. And this time I've got 20 little Zoom screens on my screen for all the different kids. And it was it was different, but it was still fun and a, and a, and a great way to connect and, and share with readers. Other than that, I've just been trying to get outside for a walk now and then or sit on my sit on my screen porch just to sort of change it up a little bit. Definitely needed this time. And that's pretty interesting, uh, visiting schools virtually. I'm, I know with the library, a lot of what programming we're offering offer is kind of changing because of, you know, the situation. And it's neat to see, like, once this is over and done with, what will have changed, what will he, we have added, how will the paradigm yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been interesting the last, the last probably eight years or so that I've done this. I, I always do in-person school visits, which in-person is the best for just about everything, but sometimes it just doesn't work with a school's budget or a school in Canada or Texas or somewhere wants to interact. So technology has been great for that. So I, I've been especially interested to sort of see how people are using it a little bit differently and, you know, how to, how to adapt my program, how to... I kind, of, I kind of have to work with teachers a little bit more because everybody's we've got 20 people connecting in 20 different points instead of just one classroom with the teachers. So that's a little bit different, but there's definitely ways to work. And I think it's it's just 
it's I think it's our new it's our new reality. It's a new thing that we're going to be doing in some form from here on out. So it's been fun to kind of um, you know work on that and um, start swimming in that pool. Right. Necessity is certainly the mother of invention. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of work, are you currently working on indie titles? And can you give us a sneak peek? I am always working on something new. That's the great thing about children's books, too, because they're fairly short. So I'm usually working on, on more than one thing at once. One thing I'm working on, I've actually pitched a publisher, I haven't heard back yet, is called World of Wonders. And it's poems about the wonders of the world, both natural and man-made. So think of the Great Canyon, Grand Canyon and the Great Wall of China and everything in between. So it's a collection of poetry and some facts. I'm excited about that. Well, oh, cross your fingers for me. <laughs> and, uh, all right, perfect. I'm also working on a, a non-fiction series proposal, and the first one I'm imagining is about, a, I'm calling it The Great White Shark and Me. So I've been doing a lot of research about great white sharks and really enjoying that. I mean, they're just amazing. You know, they have a whole extra extra sense compared to people, and uh, they're just fascinating creatures. So I've been, I've been uh, working on that um, during this time also. Well, that's mighty interesting. When I was a little kid, I loved sharks. I saw Jaws at an early, early age, and I was hooked from that point on. Yeah, well, I they've been around since the time of dinosaurs. Right, and, and changing evolutionary very little. They're just so fascinating. I remember going to the library and getting as many shark books as I could from the, the children's library. That is uh, precisely the way I start my research. I mean, uh, as, as at the library, checking out. I'm sure the librarians can take a look at my card and say, like, oh, I guess she's working on a book about great white sharks now. And then I, I go on to some uh, adult or other materials, too. But that is, that's always the way I start. And that's, that's, that's the most fun, that's the most fun part, really. That does. That sounds fun. During the month of April for National Poetry Month, you did a series called Poetry Tuesday for the Kirkwood Public Library. Did you just want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I did. I noticed that Kirkwood was doing all kinds of um, Instagram programming um, for their patrons. And so then I started talking to the library about um coming up with uh, poetry ideas. So we came up with Poetry Tuesday, and every Tuesday in April, I read a short selection of from one of my different, three different poetry collections, including last week I uh, put on my purple wig and witch hat, because um, it is six months, you know, till Halloween. So uh, I read the from, from my Halloween collection, then Skeleton Bones and Goblin Grown. It is but, never uh, too early to start Halloween. Right? That's what I think, too. Um, so, you know, that's, then you, you have at least six months to figure out what your costume should be, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we did that, and then today, I think the, or the last Poetry Tuesday um, to come out will be an original um, poem that I wrote and that I recorded when I was out on a walk. That I took a video of when I was out on a walk. And would you guys like to hear that? Absolutely. I'd love it. Okay, it's called My Pet Poem. I took a poem for a walk, up and down, around my block, off the leash and running free. My poem came right back to me. We listened to the singing birds. We played a game of fetch with words, back and forth and round and round. 
searching for the perfect sound. That night we snuggled in my bed, my poem curled inside my head. A faithful friend, as you can see, a poem is good company. But that's my pet poem. That's what that was my new every uh, national poetry month. I try to make myself at least write one poem if I'm not working on something else. So that was that was this year's poem. Oh, very nice. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. Being librarians, we'd love to end on this question. What's the book that's had the greatest impact on you? Or what should we be reading right now? Well, I think for me personally, as a child, I loved the book Madeline by Ludwig Bemelman. And um, I can still actually hear my dad reading that one. And it's like the, I think it's a combination of the pictures and the words and the, the rhythm of the language. Probably part of what made me fall in love with picture books as a genre. Fun fact is that for birthday of mine, uh, my husband located a rare first edition. So I've got that here on my bookshelf, which is really neat to see that the first edition, the printing was a little bit different. So that the illustrations are a little bit more more lush and, and painterly. Um, but that's sort of one of my one of my prized prized possessions. Um, but so definitely, if you haven't read Madeline, it's a great one. And what should we be reading right now? I mean, honestly, I like to spend time and whenever I'm at the library at the at the new release shelf to see what's new, what people are, you know, what people are writing. One of my favorite picture books recently, somewhat recently, is Please, Mr. Panda. I like that one. Oh, no, it's hard to choose a favorite. I read so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us a couple. Well, there are a couple books that come to mind when you say what are your what are your favorites or what are what are you reading right now and some of my favorites my favorite chapter book is probably Clementine that series by Sarah Pennypacker I just love that kind of I feel like she's sort of the modern day Ramona so that's that's definitely a favorite of mine and then middle grade I really enjoyed Start by Gordon Gordon Corman that was a really fun read that I think most middle grade readers would like in terms of picture books, there's so many to choose from. Something like I Want My Hat Back, Press Here, Please Mr. Panda. Some of those are sort of my recent faves. I could go on and on, but you know, <laughs> those are at the top of my list. Our guest today was Amy Skolansky. Uh, you can find a wide selection of her titles available at your Kirkwood Public Library. But if you want to read These Little Piggies Go to the Beach, well, that's available today via your Hoopla app and your Kirkwood Public Library card. Amy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, Kirkwood. So it is our recommendations time. Ryan and I have been thinking about all of our favorite books that we read as kids. And so we've got a, we've got a pretty good list for you to, to think about. And most of these that I'm going to recommend are available through Overdrive and or Hoopla. Yeah, so we've got a great list of fantastic children's titles to share with you. And I'll start. Uh, one of my favorite books when I was a little kid was The Monster at the End of This Book by John Stone and uh, definitely Grover from the Children's Television Workshop. It is a fun book for younger readers that plays with expectations, even as an adult. I find it charming. Won't spoil the ending. There is definitely a monster at the end of this book, but it should be one in everybody's children's library. 
Oh, yeah. I've heard of that book. It's a good one. Yeah, oh, yes. Well, I mean, pretty much everything Grover the Great does, print. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't love Super Grover? That is true. Elmo, I'm looking at you. I am going to start with Beverly Cleary. I may have mentioned her before, but as a kid, I read so many of her books. So Ramona and Fudge. So Ramona Quinby books and then the Fudge books were some of my favorite. Super Fudge, yep. And those books are actually available on Overdrive. I believe. fantastic. Yeah, so you uh, patrons can still read Beverly Cleary books. And have them for their kids and get to introduce them to Ramona, who was such a character. Yes, she was. That's a fantastic suggestion. So who else is on your list? Well, uh, another author that was that meant a lot to me growing up was uh, Shel Silverstein. I had pretty much all of his collections of poetry. I remember my parents reading them to me, my grandparents reading them to me. So pretty much recommend any of Shel's collection. Though I think, you know, the one that his remains uh, primary and people in mind is where the sidewalk ends. It is just a fantastic collection of profound poetry that's also incredibly humorous and uh, it was one that I remember reading constantly as a child. Yes, another good one. And by the way, if you don't know, Ryan did that particular poem as a dial story So if you go to our website, you can hear it. Yes, drop by the uh, KirklandPublicLibrary.org's uh, archive uh, for Dial of Stories. You'll find my reading of Where the Sidewalk Ends. So, Jigisha, I need another kid's book recommendation. I believe you have one. <laughs> go right ahead. I do, I do. I used to be obsessed with Nancy Drew. I love what? the Nancy Drew books. And it's actually funny because I, I read only Nancy Drew. I did not read the Hardy Drew books. And for the longest time, it didn't occur to me uh, until I, you know, until I was much older as a kid, it totally didn't occur to me that it was the same author because they had two different authors listed. So the author for the Hardy Boys was was a male author. And then the the author for Nancy Drew was I believe it was Carolyn Keene. So I just read I was like, well, those are for those are for girls. So I'm reading Nancy Drew. <laughs> <laughs> to, to defend, I'm not defending the Hardy Boys. I grew up with a sister. And I probably, because of that, I've I read more Nancy Drew than Hardy Boys, and I think I've enjoy, I enjoyed the Nancy Drew books more. Yes, and I love the original series that was probably set, I think, in the 60s. Uh, it was the time period. Oh, actually, the first character appeared in 1930. I'm just looking at the on the Wikipedia page. I used to love the original, the, the first set, and then they revamped the series in the like i guess in the 80s and so they had more a modernized version of nancy drew set for the 80s and i believe they've they've revamped it yet again i i believe so i think i, I saw something that the nancy drew has another tv series and now it, it kind of has a buffy feel that she's dealing with supernatural elements oh i didn't know about that see i learned something new well, I, she's just one of those iconic characters that, like, every ten minutes gets reimagined or has some sort of licensed property. Like, there is no end of Nancy Drew books. There's no end of Nancy Drew movies or TV shows. She's even got lines of computer games, animated series. It's the, the character is so timeless and pervasive. What can't Nancy Drew do at this point? You know. That's true. That's true. okay, Ryan. Your turn. What else you got? 
Well, uh, this third one uh, is not one that I read as a, as a child, and it's a little bit older than the other two, but it is definitely a kid's book that I recommend that all read. Uh, it is Coraline by Neil Gaiman, and it is a fantastic story about a young girl who moves into a new home, basically finds a portal to another world or another like version of her house her new house, and then when she returns to the original, her parents disappears, and it's kind of an interesting, kind of spooky story from there. It is by one of my all-time favorite authors. It is just a great book. I recommend it for for kids who are ready to have a little bit of spooky in their life, but it's not it's not scary. It is available currently on Hoopla and Overdrive, so you can get it right now and read it. And also, if you have the opportunity, I know we're doing kids' books, but the movie adaptation of the novel is is amazing. It's done like by that stop-motion animation, and it is gorgeous. It's got a wonderful soundtrack. Uh, it's got wonderful performances. It is one of my favorite films. Yes, I have seen the film. I actually didn't realize that it was Neil Gaiman was the author of the book, so I am learned a whole new thing about Neil Gaiman, who I also adore. So this is so cool. Now I have to go read the book. Um, I have seen the animated movie. And they did a good, they did a very good job of the adaptation. But as always, you know, being a librarian, the book is so much better. But boy, the the movie's close. The movie's close in my heart. I would definitely recommend reading the book. Oh, absolutely. So when I watched the movie, um, I was also, I was an adult when I watched the movie. And some of it I watched and I thought, I don't know, this might be too scary for kids. (laughs) I mean... As always, with you know, with parents and making recommendations, you got to use your own best judgment. Is your uh, youngster ready for this sort of material? I'd also quote this saying, you know, like, look at Brothers Grimm, Han Christian Andersen. Until we had Disney, pretty much everything was scary. That's true, and even Harry Potter at times, people talked about it being a little too scary for certain kids. So it's just, yeah, it's a judgment call. So, Yugisha, I believe you're up next. Okay, so this next set of books I was obsessed with as probably junior high, maybe a little bit younger, and it was uh, The Babysitter's Club. The books, these are okay. books by Anne M. Martin, and I was obsessed. Anytime the newest book came out, I had to go get it. I had to make sure the library, and I went to the library to get it because I didn't have extra funds, and my, I don't think my parents would have allowed me to purchase books that I could get at the library. So the rule was, if you can get it at the library, you had to get it at the library. Uh, yeah, so I would be on pins and needles waiting for the library to get the book. And I usually wanted to be the first one. And I was friends with some of the librarians. Of course, I'm now I work as a librarian, so <laughs> go figure. Um, and they would save the book for me. They would set it aside as soon as it came, and, and I, would, I would be able to get it first. These books now have been revamped into graphic novels. So you can get them, I believe, on Overdrive as graphic novels. Oh, neat. I was going to say, uh, Babysitter's Club, I'm less familiar with, but it, it, that too much like Nancy Drew has over the years has taken on such a life of its own where it becomes ingrained in pop culture. And usually the ingrainment is, is you know, the effect that it has on the readers. So by that logic, were you reading it? And then was there a young Jigisha who tried to set up her own Babysitter's Club or business? Not quite a Babysitter's Club, but we did try to set up a club. Though I did try to get paid for babysitting my sister, but that was a no-go there. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> Even though my sister yeah, was a handful, I so I should have. <laughs> uh, when I tried to make that suggestion, they, they said that was a part of the allowance. Okay, so do you have any more on your list, or was that your three? Well, those are my recommendations, but I do want to make just like one quick like mention. One of the things that hurts my heart as I go through my day-to-day within the library is hearing disparaging words about like comic books with parents talking to their children. And I'll just simply say, you know, like everybody's going to make their own choice, but had it not been for the exploits of like the, say, the Amazing Spider-Man or Batman, I would not be the voracious reader that I am today. Uh, for myself, and everybody's different, comic books was a gateway drug. It was the stepping stone to novels. And had it not been for the Wondrous Web Slinger, I would not read half the books I read currently. Yes, I would agree with you on that. I was a pretty... I loved reading even as a kid, and I did love to read a lot of books that my parents didn't consider appropriate or my parents wanted me to read nonfiction books, things related to school stuff. And I was like, well, I already do all the school stuff. Why do I need to read even more? (laughs) And so they would not, during the school year, my parents would not let me read fiction. I suppose one of my fondest memories growing up was from my grandfather, Henry Nolan Drinker, who basically when told that he was going to spoil me by taking me to the comic book store near daily, is that, as long as I was reading, he was buying. Yes, I love that. See, that's a great sentiment. So, yeah, I remember one summer I spent with my aunt and uncle, and they could, they let me read whatever I wanted. They were just like, as long as she's reading, who cares? <laughs> I thought that was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> so, hey, if they're reading, that's a good thing. I agree. So, graphic novels or comic books, that's my, recommend, that's my last recommendation. How about you, Sophie? You know, I got to mention Harry Potter. It's an honorable mention. I'm not going to go into it, but read (laughs) Harry Potter. Please read it. If you don't know who Harry Potter is, where have you been for the last decade and a half? You know, I love young adult, especially young adult fantasy um, books. And so there's Harry Potter. There's also the, um, the Dark Materials trilogy by Philip Pullman. Another great one. The first book in that you might have heard of is The Golden Compass. Do not watch the movie. Just don't. Please don't. <laughs> it you will, is a bad adaptation. You will never it get your... It is a bad adaptation. It is. So don't watch the movie. I have not watched the TV show, but I am... Basically, I love the books too much that I just can't... I cannot bring myself to watch it because I feel like they're not going to do it right. They're going to ruin it. I, I know that sentiment well. The last one would be the Aragon series by Christopher Poloni with the dragons because hey you gotta read dragons as a kid there's just no life without dragons I will agree anyway Kirkwood I hope you liked our recommendations please let us know what your favorite kids books are what are you reading to the young ones we'd love to hear from you we love your recommendations we just love recommendations that's right we're librarians of course we love recommendations so let us know and thanks for listening we'll see you there